0: The Trojans are 8-1 in football, but they bring bringing home a poor report card, at least on defense. And the men's hoops team started the season Monday night, but I'll bet they wish it started on Tuesday night. That's what's coming up next on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on everyone I'm your host Mark holkin and thanks for making Locked on us so your first listen every day whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like you like to download your podcast I always like to remind everybody we are free and I also want to thank everybody for uh, coming along for a ride hope you're enjoying the show if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't done it already if you see that red subscribe button hit it it'll mean a lot and for those of you who already have thanks again. It really does uh, warm my heart when I see all the subscriber numbers growing. So tell a friend. Tell your family members. Tell a Trojan family member. All right. So, um, wasn't the best season opener for men's hoop? They fell uh, 74 to 61 to Florida Gulf Coast U. You remember that school that gave us Coach Andy Enfield? Uh, well, Game wasn't even as close as that score might indicate. We'll have more on that uh, a little bit later in the show. We're gonna always uh, get started with football. It's report card time. Like, look, USC's eight and one. That's all that matters, right? Right. Well, the offense is carrying the load right now. They are these a big reason. Uh, Huge, significant reason why the team has eight wins against one loss. Uh, Not to say the defense hasn't done their fair share throughout the season. They have. However, uh, as we start to get uh, into the later part of the year, just a reminder, we've got three regular season games left. Uh, The defense is slipping, whether it's fatigue, injuries, uh, frustration, Complacency. Uh, something's not working right now, and it's not working at the wrong time of the season. Hopefully, uh, they can get it working in a short week because they face Colorado Friday night, six thirty, Coliseum, national TV audience on Fox Sports FS1. All right, so let's let's get the uh, the grades out of the way here. We always start with the offense. Um, I was a little concerned with the USC offense and the defense to start the game. But uh, that, you know, when the offense got the ball, you know, Cal deferred to to start. And while they didn't go three and out, uh, it was a quick offensive series and they were forced to punt. That doesn't happen regularly uh, with Lincoln Riley's offense this season. Uh, Typically, USC, uh, they score on their first series. Um, th- that they only had two penalties on offense. It just so happened, one of them happened on the first play. Uh, it was a false start. So instead of starting on the eight-yard line, uh, they moved the ball halfway back. They started on the four. Four-yard line, eight-yard line doesn't make a difference um, at that point in the, in the beginning of the game. It had no bearing on why they weren't they weren't able to score. Nevertheless, um, offensively, they had, you know, they were, they had 34 points through the end of three quarters. They finished with 41. Something happened in that fourth quarter to the team, not just the defense, but we're going to talk about the offense now. Uh, I'm I'm kind of wandering all over the place here. Quarterback. It's hard not to constantly give Caleb Williams an, an, an A or above. But for this one, I'm actually giving him an A minus. Uh, he had great numbers, nothing wrong there. Uh, but he he looked off uh, a little bit. You know, he's still giving an A minus. It's it's still the A category, right? Uh, but you know, his some, he had some throws that were off. He he is still at this point of the season looking for the big play down the field uh, on third downs when you uh, should be looking just to keep the drive alive. And that also goes back to um, him not maybe running more than he possibly could. He was the second leading rusher on the team, seven rushes for 38 yards. Uh, he there's a lot more for the for him to get naturally, organically. He didn't. It's it's not like he had to scramble to get those yards. Um, he it would have just been there for him had he chosen uh, to take it uh, when there was nothing to pass. You know, it, it's again he. He wasn't under a lot of duress. I thought the offensive line did well. So, again, I'm not really nitpicking. But the other thing that I think Caleb can work on is he needs to find a second pitch in his repertoire. He's got a fastball. It seems like every time he throws the ball, especially on third and short. Um, Unfortunately, you know, you got to take a little bit off the ball sometimes when the guys are five to eight yards away. You can't be throwing at 90-mile-per-hour fastball. Uh, the running backs, it's a tough group to grade when Travis Dye is the group. Um, they didn't run the ball enough, and that's not on him. That's on the play calling. Uh, I gave the the running backs a B. They, there was nothing spectacular from the group, but you know, Travis became the first running back, believe it or not, since Marcus Allen to have a rushing touchdown in eight straight games. So while he didn't eclipse the century mark, he came up a couple yards short, 15 for 98. Had they run the ball more, uh, he definitely gets that that uh, 100 yard. He, he eclipses that. He eclipses that 100 yard uh, uh, moment again to go with the eighth straight game rushing for a rushing touchdown. Think about that. Not Reggie Bush. Not Lyndell White. Not Chauncey Washington. Not Ronald Jones. A lot of good running backs since Marcus Allen. Uh, not to to have a to run for a touchdown in eight straight games. I was shocked right when I saw that stack come across today. Uh, but again, nothing from Rayleigh Brown, nothing from Austin Jones, but when they're only touching it a couple times, I, I don't know what you really can anticipate to get from them. And I, I mentioned Caleb Williams, seven for thirty-eight. You know, run it three more times, and you're you know. Definitely over 50 yards, and who knows if you're closer to 75, maybe you break a big one. Who knows? Um, wide receivers, tight ends. Again, there are a lot of drops that that uh, counted towards Caleb's 26 for 41. Uh, he did have four touchdowns, 340 yards, 360. No interceptions. Um, but I'm going to give that group uh, a, a B. Again, they were without Jordan Addison, without Mario Williams, but Taj Washington stepped up. He led the team with seven receptions. He had 112 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Michael Jackson, the third, MJ3, Mike Jack, he had the yardage uh, 115 yards and two touchdowns off of five receptions. So, you know, two guys down, two guys just keep stepping up. Josh Follow, Lake McCree, uh, they were each targeted one time, they each caught it. Lake McCree's target was for a touchdown. Uh, Terrell Bynum, seven catches on eight attempts. So nice bounce back for him. I know he had a, a rough game last week. Again, wide receivers, I thought they were good enough. B, maybe a B plus. It's it's in the evening. I'm feeling a little bit more gratuitous. Offensive line, I'm going A. Um, another Another week with no sacks, no holding calls, Uh, I went over, the. they had two penalties out of the team's five, went over the first one. The second one was the start of the third quarter when they had the ball, and that was an illegal shift. Um, Also, why the offensive line gets a major uh, kudos. Last week, Mason Murphy started and played the entire game at right tackle. This week, he started at left tackle, played the entire game. Bobby Haskins uh, still too hurt to play. Cortland Ford not injured to play, yet he didn't. So something to keep an eye on. Has the future arrived early for Mason Murphy in this offensive line? Has he become the new fixture at left tackle? You hate to see anybody lose their job to an injury like Bobby. Uh, Cortland's never been able to get back in consistently since he had his ankle injury. Mason Murphy two weeks in a row, hasn't looked like a freshman. And when they run behind him, they're picking up big yards. Uh, The running backs going back, I think they had 155 yards as a group. That'll get it done. Um, They just didn't run the ball enough. But again, the offensive line, they were opening up the holes. They gave up no no sacks. Caleb helps with that, obviously. But uh, big A from that group. So um, there you go. The offense, you know, overall, I'm going to give them a B. Uh, They scored 41 points. And they're doing that with the added pressure of the defense not helping them out lately. So no turnovers. I know on the record books it will show that USC had a turnover. We'll get to that on the special teams. Um, But, you know, it it felt like they – let some frustration seep in, you know, Lincoln Riley spoke about that after the game In the fourth quarter, they only scored seven points. They have 34, at the end of three. So um, maybe they were a little complacent. Maybe they were frustrated. Uh, maybe it's semantics or it depends on how you see the game. All right. That's the offensive grades. Um, Better than the defense and the special teams, which we're going to get to in the next segment. But before that, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as their driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable unbelievable abilities on the field, for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be. So... There wasn't a throwing moment in the USC versus uh, Cal homecoming game that USC won 41-35. I'm going to go back, because USC plays Colorado, I can think of a throwing moment back in, I believe it was 2016, with uh, Sam Darnold at quarterback and Darius Rogers at wide receiver. So, D- Darius Rogers. Big, strong wide receiver, strong hands. Um, He helped keep that Rose Bowl season alive for USC. I believe it was on a third down. He went up and literally mossed the ball away from the Colorado Buffalo defender. It was was a for-sure interception, and how the defender didn't have his hands on— I think the defender had his hands on the ball, but it was high. And so Moss, excuse me, Darius Rogers took the ball from him high above the guy's helmet, It came down with a turn and started to run. And before he was able to be dragged down, the initial defender is laying on his back looking up like this, like, oh, my God, where did he go? Where did the ball go? And Darius is doing the Heisman straight arm into another defender before he gets dragged to the ground. So as I mentioned, it kept the drive alive, and it helped USC uh, achieve the Rose Bowl that season, and we know how that game ended. That definitely had a thrilling moment, uh, but we'll we'll save that for another uh, Nissan Thrilling Moment day. So this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today, available now at NissanUSA.com. And I also uh, want to take a moment to uh, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Uh, For your second listen today, why don't you go check out Locked On Sports today, from the games that matter the most to the big stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today Available on this app, YouTube, or, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so we got, we went over the the good, the good part of the report card from, from Saturday. We're now getting into the, uh, the gross, ugly, dirty part. And we're going to start with the defense. Special teams, just take a seat. It'll be short and sweet when we get to you, but we'll get to you here shortly. Um, The defense started out as poorly as the offense did in the game. Uh, When they had to go on defense after USC punted away, they were out there just as short of an amount of time as USC's offense. Cal went through them like a hot through butter. They were in the end zone pretty quickly, and they were leading 7-0. After that, the defense looked pretty good. Two quarters. I mean, at the half they were leading twenty to seven. At the end of three, they were, you know, the team was winning thirty-four to fourteen, and that second touchdown, uh, if I remember correctly, was a, let's just say it was a missed assignment by the secondary, among the uh, the trio of safeties. It wasn't pretty, so. Uh, I'll, I'll give my overall grade here at the end of when I'm done breaking down each of the positions. I'm going to start with the defensive line, those in the rush end group as a whole. You know, I could go as low as a C minus if I wanted to. I'm going to go with a C uh, because Tuli Tuli Tule, Apoloto, Nick Figueroa, they're. They're playing out of position, and they are the most productive guys when they play that rush end or, you know, even at a defensive end. Both guys are more suited to play inside than outside, and they're also being forced to, you know, cover guys when they play that rush end spot. The rush end is supposed to be the most productive part of the Alex Alex Grinch defense. And right now, you're only getting it from Thule from Nick Figueroa Solomon bird. You know, he, he was, he was having a strong you know, beginning and towards the middle of the season, but he's kind of dropped off and he's not, we're not getting a whole lot of production from him right now. I'm not trying to come down harsh on Corey Foreman, but man, we're getting nothing out of the number one defensive recruit coming out of high school. A couple years ago, you would think we look, I, I know he's been dealing with some nagging injuries, and he's dealing with some self-confidence issues, but you—you you would think that he would—he would be coming on late into the season. And it's almost like he—he's regressing. He—he uh, he can't make a play, and you need something from that man. He's got the talent. Um, he—he he looks the part, and you just—you you, got to wonder why he's—he's, he's, the production isn't happening. I can see why um, he would be frustrated. He would definitely fall into that category. I don't think he's complacent in the least. He's—I don't see it for a lack of effort. Uh, moving forward, off of him, because uh, I don't want to—I don't want to belabor that issue. Uh, Thule added two to a sack total. He had two. The team had three. Cal was giving up three per game. I anticipated at least five from the defense. So. Thule now leads the nation with nine sacks. Um, if USC, for whatever reason, doesn't make the playoffs, and I'm not saying he will do it, but I, you know, he might want to start preparing for the NFL uh, if USC isn't going to be in the playoffs. He's going to be a first-round draft pick, and you know why that goes against everything I stand for. Uh, there's just way too much money out there for these guys to uh put their put their bodies on the line um we'll get into that to another show so defensive line defense rush ends uh see they need to get better though Dejon Benton um you know I think it was the first play of the game or one of the first two plays of the game had a TFL and then he was didn't hear from him again for the rest of the game uh, Brandon Peely, he, he's working hard in the middle, but, you know, again, great effort. You got to get some production out of it. But I, you, it's hard to fault a guy who's trying as hard as he can. Um, we just need to get more from this unit. The linebackers, man, I, I got to go a C-. And, and for as hard as Shane Lee plays... As hard as he hits, and once he gets a hold of you, uh, you're going down. He is fantastic in the run game. He, I, don't, I don't think anybody would disagree that um, pass coverage is his not his strong suit. Uh, you hate to see him out there chasing, you know, speedy running backs or you know, wide receivers, but that's part of the role he has to play. Uh, and he was second on the team in tackles. With seven. Middle linebacker uh, was to a CV Nomura. Um, middle linebacker starting. And he he played significant minutes. It's not like he wasn't on the field. But when I went and looked for his numbers, I couldn't find a stat line. Zero tackles from the middle linebacker spot. Not even an assist. Half a tackle. I, how does it happen? Um you know why isn't Rajon Davis getting in the game? Did he play I, he might have played a snap or two. I don't remember. You know, when you hear Lincoln Riley talking him up the week before saying he's on the cusp, you know he's ready to he's just ready to make that that next step. Well, when you're not getting any production from your regular group of linebackers, it might be time to throw him out there. Can't do any worse, right? Secondary, uh, man, I'm going C minus only because Kalen Bullock he was able to get an interception. You had three pass interception, uh, uh, excuse me, pass interference penalties on the group. Uh, poor tackling. It, it was just a. It wasn't a good showing um, from that unit. And again, the defense as a whole, you know, to give up twenty to give up 21 points in that fourth quarter. Now, the offense didn't help, but, you know, the offense put up 41. The defense has to do better. And, you know, against Colorado, I don't know what you're going – what we're going to get out of that because Colorado is just awful on both sides of the ball. So even if USC puts up a, you know, 50 on offense and holds Colorado to, you know, 13 points, 14 points, whatever – um, what do we learn? I don't know. What we do need to learn, or, or what the defense needs to learn how to do, is tackle better and play for sixty minutes. Because if they don't, following Colorado, you got UCLA, who, offensively, I think they're they're going to give they're going to put up points. Notre Dame, they're going to come in and try and. You know, play that old-school, smashing-the-mouth type of football. Defense has got to uh, put on their big-boy pants right now, right away. Hopefully Eric Gentry will be available um, by the time UCLA-Notre Dame roll in. I don't think you need him for Colorado. It would be nice to have him back. Uh, Same thing with Raylan Goforth. We need him back. Uh, We need the depth at that linebacker spot. Right now, these guys are gassed, and you're not getting any plays out of them. And I don't know how, it, how it's, if it's affecting the the secondary adversely, but uh, one side of the field at cornerback, uh, Alex Grinch and Dante Williams, they're going to have to put their heads together and get that figured out because um, Mekhi Blackman, he, he's getting better as the season goes along. Sierra Wright, he struggled these last few games. And the secondary as a whole did. So, uh Overall defensive grade, I don't like to give a D because, again, I know they're undermanned, and the effort is there, C-minus. Special teams, you guys are getting a D. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. I'm going to try and keep this short and brief. But, you know, Lincoln Riley, he chose a bad week to uh, have to explain his reasoning for not having a full-time special teams coach. With that said, uh, Kyle McDonald is the running backs coach. Kyle McDonald also is in charge of the kick returners. At least that's what we see during practice. And Ray Leak Brown is your primary kick returner. Would a full-time special teams coach um, have made a difference in uh, communicating to Ray Leak, you know, when when to return the ball, when to just, you know, fair catch it so you can start at the 25. I mean, it's not like he doesn't spend a lot of time with them in the running back room as well. And the same rationale applies to Luke Heward and the wide receivers because the punt returners are your wide receivers. So same same thought process. We're not getting a, a whole lot from the punt returning team, but they're not hurting them. Kickoff coverage is okay. It's been better. Um, you hate to see you know the the missed the, the bad snap on the first uh, p a t attempt of the game first time we've seen that in a long time, you know it uh, didn't happen with Damon Johnson. This was the first time it happened all year. hopefully it'll be the last time so uh, again, special teams you haven't hurt the team yet, however, um uh, the after Colorado. You, you you could be involved in, in, in a game that uh, you're going to have to make a play. Bottom line, period. End of story. You can bet on it. Absolutely bet on it. And then head on over to BetOnline because they, BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. We're going to get into that here in a moment. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcast, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball. Well, that's over with. So let's just move on to MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. USC's men's basketball season started on Monday night. As I mentioned at the top of the show, they probably wish they started on Tuesday. Oh, by the way, let me remind everybody the women's team will tip off on Tuesday. Go check them out. They deserve your support too. So it was a rainy Monday night uh crowd was small student section showed up um wasn't completely full but I would say 70 percent 75 percent so not bad for a Monday night um it wasn't a good night for the men's basketball team let's just put it that way they they started off well they got off to a you know I think I think they had a nine-point lead at one point early. And then somebody just put a lid on the rim. They were the gang that could not shoot straight. And this is a team that is going to be guard-oriented. They are going to have to shoot straight. They are going to have to make buckets from the outside. Let me go over some stats here just to kind of put it into context. They held Florida Gulf Coast University. You know, you remember that team that gave us Andy Enfield. Right. Well, they held the uh, the Eagles to thirty-eight percent from the field shooting. USC shot the forty percent. It wasn't great, but forty is better than thirty-eight percent. Well, here's where it gets bad. FGCU they were thirty percent from three-point range. Okay. Um, USC was sixteen percent. Three for 19. Boogie Ellis made all three of them. They were, his final two came late in the game. His The third one essentially came at the buzzer at the end of the game. True garbage points. So uh, without that three, 74-58. Like I said, this USC, they were in it early. But after the game, you know, Andy Enfield, he was emphatic. It's, you know. We had a great week of practice. We were moving the ball. We were great in transition. He um, thought it was just going to be a really good opening you know, opening game for the guys. It was anything but. None of that happened. Uh, they had nine turnovers in the first half. They got a little bit better in the second half. They finished with 15, but they were only able to force 11 from Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, they were out-rebounded. Look, they don't have a lot of size. That, again, I think everybody understands that going in, that this team was going to be playing small ball. Uh, Josh Morgan, uh, he had a a pretty good game until he fouled out. Uh, He had seven blocks. He had, what was it, nine rebounds. So he tied for the lead with uh, Drew Peterson, who also had nine rebounds. But Drew also had six turnovers. This is going to be a carryover from last year. USC needs to find a point guard. And you can't have your seniors, Boogie and Drew, uh, being lackadaisical with the ball and turning it over. Uh, you know, like I said, Drew had six turnovers. Boogie did not turn the ball over. Uh, he did have. He led the team with 19 points, but he was the only guy in double figures. The next closest guy uh, was Drew with seven. Two for six from the field. It was just an ugly performance. They were out rebounded. Uh, this is what you know really stuck out: forty-six to thirty-five, and particularly uh, bad on the office of glass, sixteen to seven. They were out rebounded. So, when you're getting uh, that many second chance points, sixteen for Florida Gulf Coast, USC had three. Free throw shooting, yeah. 16 for 24. Again, just not a good night. They only had, as a team, 15 assists to go with those 15 turnovers. So, uh, one-to-one ratio, not going to get it done. And unfortunately, this late in the season, you can't go into the transfer portal, can't find a point guard now. So, hopefully, uh, the team will be able to bounce back Thursday. They will host Alabama State. We'll see how they look. They can uh, hopefully just you know shrug this game off as worst game of the year, new style, new system, uh, a lot of young players working in with uh, with Kobe and with Boogie. We'll see what other, we'll see what they look like. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode number two on the week for Locked On USC. You know we get you get us five times a week, so we'll be back again tomorrow, and. I need to remind everybody, head on over to wearefc.com. We're keeping that flash sale going. 10 bucks Get you all of our great, and I mean outstanding, VIP content from myself, from Eric McKinney, from Chris Arledge, from Scott Schrader and Recruiting, from Kevin Bruce, who will break down the defense like you've never been broken down before. Uh, maybe he can get out there and help coach. Um, head on over. 10 bucks. And you'll get to hang out on wearefc.com through August 31st, 2023. So until Locked on USC is back with another episode tomorrow, you guys know what to do.